everyone, I'm Phil, and and I'm, I'm Phil, I'm all by myself. <laughs> this is an unusual episode because I am solely doing this one. This is a new special mini type of episode that we're going to be putting out, uh, kind of in between episodes as we see fit whenever we have time, uh, filling in the gaps of Guillermo del Toro's Ecstasy of Influence series. Now, the Ecstasy of Influence was, of course, taken from the back of the book, Guillermo del Toro at Home with Monsters. It's a... Uh, you know, it's a it's just a it's a solid list of films to check out starting in the silent era and going through the modern era. It's about 110 films in all. However, that's not the only list of films Guillermo del Toro has recommended. In fact, if you follow him on Twitter at RealGDT, he recommends movies all the time. And if you go to Letterboxd, there is a list uh, posted by uh, Letterboxd user Ben underscore MacDonald uh, called Guillermo del Toro's Twitter Film Recommendations that has been updated periodically, like as it goes along. It's it's up to 327 movies and shows no signs of stopping. Guillermo del Toro has uh, cultivated quite a following on Twitter, so he is always throwing out recommendations. And he's just really good at picking movies that are worth seeing so we're not going to devote full episodes to these as we you know whenever we hit you know find time to watch one we'll sort of fill in the blanks between the movies in the ecstasy of influence and we're going to be doing these by ourselves sometimes it'll be me sometimes it'll be ollie whenever we have a chance uh this time for the first one of these we're going to be doing buster keaton's 1926 movie the general there's actually a movie before this lon cheney's the blackbird i haven't been able to get my hands on yet and i really wanted to get started with this uh the general 1926 uh it kind of marked the end of buster keaton's freedom as a filmmaker it was a colossal failure and a colossal drain on uh the resources of the studio i think it cost seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars it's roughly about ten and a half million dollars today and uh it didn't take in much didn't take in much. People didn't know what to make of it. Uh, Buster Keaton, for those of you who don't know, was a great silent film actor and director and writer. Uh, really well known for the fact that he did stunts. He was kind of like you, people. People have considered, you know, have called like he's like the, the 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 flip side of Charlie Chaplin. Like there was Charlie Chaplin doing his little tramp, and there's Buster Keaton, who was this kind of like sallow faced but strangely handsome silent film actor uh who did um, like these crazy reckless stunts but was just a super perfectionist and his characters were kind of i want to say like they were uh hyper competent these are hyper competent but also uh people who were surrounded by bad luck it's kind of it's it's very different from the little tramp similar in some ways uh but the, the, i don't know there was a there's a level of a different kind of pathos to buster keaton than there was to charlie chaplin i don't think you have to adhere yourself to either camp i think you can love both of them equally they're both uh, outstandingly uh, talented silent film actors whose careers extended into the sound era uh but in any case in 26 he was uh able to make The General, which wasn't directed by him. It was co-directed with him and Clyde Bruckman. And it's based on a true story. It's about the uh, the Great Railroad Chase, the Great Locomotive Chase, which was an actual thing that happened in the Civil War. It, basically, in the Civil War, the North uh, snuck across to the South. A bunch of spies came across. They stole a train and took it back North. And the idea was that they were going to destroy the, the, destroy the railway and destroy the bridges as they went North and cut off supply lines to the South so the Confederacy wouldn't get, you know, supplies from you know that direction in that in that period and uh there was a chase with another train uh the south 
went after them in another locomotive. It was an incredibly low-speed chase because locomotives only went about 15 miles an hour on average at the time. Uh, they eventually captured the the, the Northern Spies. Uh, many of them were executed. Uh, but the story was written about uh, in, a, in a book called The Great Locomotive Chase by uh, William Pittenger, who was, uh, I think, the fifth recipient of the Medal of Honor. Uh, and it became this really well-known story. Buster Keaton guy was given a copy of it, and there was two things he loved, a uh, great physical chase and trains. Buster Keaton adored trains and he saw this as a perfect subject for a major motion picture unfortunately he also figured and i don't understand this but i think it has to do with pop culturally where we were at the time it was assumed that audiences wouldn't be able to sympathize with our heroes if they were from the north so the entire script was flipped on its head and told from the perspective of the south making the confederacy our heroes, you see a lot of flying Confederate flags, and you see the Northern spies portrayed as buffoons uh, and megalomaniacal uh, just jerks who kidnap women and drink and are easily bested. And it's a little jarring in this day and age. But but I also understand that like this was... Uh, this was around the time when people had a lot of romantic visions of the South. Uh, the Confederacy was still, you know, sort of perceived in pop culture as like the scrappy underdogs. They referred to as the rebels during this entire the entire run of this movie. Not rebels in like a bad sense, but rebels more in a Star Wars sense. Like these were the the the, the plucky underdogs who are fighting the who are fighting the man who are fighting the evil the evil government who is trying to tell them what to do. And so I don't think it was so much a political as a dramatic choice for Buster Keaton and it doesn't work anymore it's really off-putting but it's still a solid movie it's still worth checking out um your basic idea is that Buster Keaton is playing Johnny Gray, who is a railroad engineer, a train engineer, uh, who is rejected by the army when he tries to enlist at the beginning of the Civil War. The woman he's in love with, Annabelle Lee, uh, says, I don't want to have anything to do with you because she thinks he's, a, he's, he's too afraid to sign up for the army. Even though he did try to enlist, she thinks that he, that he just didn't try to enlist. And so she says, until I see you in a uniform, I don't want to have anything to do with you. And a year goes by, and he's, engineer, he's driving his train, and it's a passenger train. They stop at a hotel to take a break because there was no dining car at the time and while they're there that's when the north steals his locomotive and like the the the, the car right behind it that has like the wood to power the to power the fire and he gives chase first in a hand car and for and then by a bone shaker bike and eventually takes another train and gives chase and it's this long I mean, it's an hour and 15 minutes long and the first half of the the first part of the movie is uh, a low-speed chase uh, across the countryside there's a scene where he has to break into their headquarters because he realizes that the woman he's in love with was on the train when it was stolen and she was uh, taken as a prisoner and so he has to break into a house uh, disguised as a member of the union army and rescue her and then they head back towards the south this time they're being chased by the north and there is a lot of leaping from train car to train car. There's a lot of throwing of wood and boxes off of trains. Uh, there's a lot of gunfire. There's a whole gag with a cannon that accidentally lowers itself and almost kills Buster Keaton. Uh, eventually, there's a giant... He makes it back to the south. There's a giant battle. Um, uh, a dam is burst. A bridge is set on fire. And then when the northern train tries to cross it, the bridge collapses under the train. It's an amazing special effect achieved by building a, a, a bridge and driving a train over it and then having it collapse okay this movie was so over budget so many people got really really hurt making it um and a lot of like land was destroyed they were using a lot of pyrotechnics and like there was a huge forest fire that like destroyed 
just acres and acres of land. Um, they were you know, they had to build they had, so they had to build a bridge so they could destroy that. Uh, there were three thousand people who worked on it. It cost four hundred dollars an hour to make, according to the books. Um, uh, the producer was getting fed up with Buster Keaton. Uh, at one point, like they had to like, I think they had to shut down for a while and then come back once they'd gotten more funding. Uh, it was it was ridiculous, and they had I think it was over there was like like five hundred extras worked on it. It was a, just a monstrous film, and then it came out, and. I guess it premiered in Japan, which is interesting. Uh, but then it came out, and nobody liked it. They all said it wasn't funny, and it was weird to have a movie about war that was also a slapstick comedy, and that there the tone it was tonally strange, and nobody really understood like what he was going for. Uh, and it, it, it failed. It, it failed. And after that, uh, they the, the studios were like, "You're never going to have." You're never going to have free reign on a movie again. Like that's it. You can't. We can't trust you with a with a movie. He did make. This was of course before he made Steamboat Bill Jr., which is kind of the the motion major motion picture that he's best known for. But uh, he did not have the freedom on Steamboat Bill Jr. that he was used to receiving. Uh, which you know is probably fine. You know you put limits on an artist. Sometimes they can pull out a lot of great stuff. But uh, but in recent years, of course, the general has become is now considered like one of the great. Uh, greatest movies of all time. Uh, just uh, uh, Buster Keaton always said that, uh, I think there's a quote here, it says, uh, I was more proud of that picture than any I ever made because I took an actual happening out of the history books and I told the story in detail too. And and he did. And uh, watching it now, there is just, there's hilarious, uh, there's hilarious gags. There's amazing stunts. As you, as you are probably aware, if you know anything about Buster Keaton's movies. He is his characterization. He's able to portray a change in emotions with nothing more than just a uh, like just like a, a, a twitch of an eyebrow or a look at the camera. Yeah, uh, he 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 tells the story. It's 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 a very much the kind of movie that is a it's a crowd pleaser. And if you are in the mood for a a good silent film, uh, check it out. There is a a a multi-track version of it. Now, uh, you can find it, of course. It's in the it's in the public domain, but there is a DVD and I believe a Blu-ray two-disc special edition put out by Kino that has several different uh, original scores that were written for it. And one thing I've noticed watching these old silent films is that your enjoyment of it, it can sometimes be completely dependent on the quality of the score that you are that you're presented with. And I love that this one gives you several different options as far as as far as what to listen to because uh it just changes the movie. It changes what's funny about it, it changes what's dramatic about it. Uh it it speaks to the strength of the film scorer. So uh if you if you get a chance to get your hands on the on the Kino, it's a two disc edition. It has just wonderful uh introductions by like Gloria Swanson, Orson Welles. It, it's it's available. It's out there. Check that one out. Now the man himself, Guillermo del Toro, uh, when he recommended this movie, he recommended this movie on March 2nd, 2016, and he said, The General, by Buster Keaton, some of the very best high-precision action scenes ever filmed live without trickery. Keaton is genius. Um, he also comments on uh, the split between Keaton and Chaplin. He's like, me, I'm happy we have both. Uh, Keaton's tragic MGM downfall breaks my heart. And that's true. Uh, that's part of the whole mythos of this movie was how it like kind of like ruined his relationship with the uh 
with a studio. And I think uh, Del Toro is right. Like these scenes are still today. Just watching a man leap from train to like train car to train car. This train is legitimately moving. Like it is actually happening, and he is actually doing it. It's 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 amazing to watch. But I think also it probably speaks to Del Toro because it is an artist telling the story he wants to tell and doing it come heck or high water. Uh, and also like using action and using conflict between, uh, I mean, obviously it's the union versus the Confederacy. And today we are smart enough and uh, centered enough to know that the, the Confederacy, we're not the heroes, but it is, it's still the, 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 the little guy against the, the, against the big op- oppressive uh, authority figures, which is something that Del Toro just latches onto. And you get to see, Action. The way he does, I think of like uh, like Hellboy Two. The way there is this slapstick yet life threatening action occurring that also carries the 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 story forward. It's not just there as a crowd pleaser. So you've got all these elements that are present in Del Toro movies: the uh, the uh, the artistic vision, the the action, the humor, uh, just sort of squeezed into a tight hour and 15 minute long movie that's the general from 1926 uh i'm phil gonzalez thank you for listening uh check it out uh check out the guillermo del toro's twitter film recommendations list on letterboxd by ben underscore mcdonald and check out uh, our ecstasy of influence list uh on letterboxd it's just you just search guillermo del toro ecstasy of influence and it's right there and that's that's a good way to see what movies are coming up uh what we've got what we've got waiting for you down the pipe so uh thank you so much for listening i'm phil And we'll see you when it's Del Toro time.